0: Welcome to another episode of Imi's Insight. It's your host, Imi. And today's episode is a Q&A episode. It's actually a YouTube video and I wanted to do an audio recording for it as well. So you can check out the YouTube version. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but here is the audio version for any of my podcast people, anyone who likes to listen to their Q&As on a walk, in the car, wherever that may be. Okay, so yesterday it was actually Easter Sunday. I put a poll up on my Instagram sorry. Story. Sorry. On my Instagram story asking for questions. And I just said it's been a while since I've done a QA video and to ask away, ask me anything that you want me to get into and I'm going to do like an updated Q&A video slash podcast episode so you're either listening or watching to this now and I'm going to jump into them all now. So I've just scrolled to the bottom and I'm just going to answer as many as I can and if there's any like ones that aren't that relevant, I might just skip over them but I'll try and get to as many as I can and answer them and as in depth as I can. All right. The very first one is not in English, so let's just move ahead. <laughs> okay. actually, I swear there was another one that I read before, but I'm confused. Anyway, let's just let's just go with what we've got. Okay, so I have a question. How do you reach out to friends for support in eating disorder or ED recovery? Okay, so this like this is a good question, but I also like when I try to think about this, I I don't remember when or how I first started that conversation with my friends, but now, like, I have, I have such supportive friends. Like, I can talk to any of them about it, but I don't usually, like, go and straight up just bring up the topic. It more kind of just comes up in conversations. But for me, like, we've had those conversations so many, like, DNMs about it so many times that it doesn't really come up as often in conversation now. I think the best thing to do is to just be completely honest and open whether that's I think in person is the best way to do it but even if you send a text saying look I've been going through this and I really need your support or your help or I just want to let you know sometimes even just saying what you've been going through or what's been going on for you is so helpful and it takes a weight off your shoulder just knowing that your friends know what place you're in like for me I'm someone who like, first of all, I'm an open book, but also I feel uncomfortable if my friends don't know everything that's going on for me. I don't like to be, and everyone's completely different. There are some people who are very private people, but for me, I don't like my friends or my people in my life to not be aware of where I'm at. And I just, I feel so much more comfortable when people know what's going on in my head. And I know some people are really private people and they don't, you know, if you can tell they're going through something, but they won't say something, they keep it all in. I don't find that helpful. So being able to confide in someone is so helpful. I'm trying to think how I first talked to my friends about it. I think they, honestly, it was very obvious and it kind of just, it was too obvious. Like it wasn't like I had to say, I've been going through this. They could say like, I mean, like it got, like, I remember when I, like I'd always been that person who like ate really healthy foods and like trained heaps, but it got to the point where obviously, okay, not obviously, but after I became more restrictive and my exercise started to become more compulsive and it started to go down that disordered path and I started to um, like my performance started to get worse because I was becoming malnourished the comments at first they start to be praise I do bunny ears because Ugh, that's just another topic in itself but it's they start to be praised because you start to look ridiculously lean and then it starts to become more obvious that it's not healthy and there's something going on and you don't look healthy anymore you start to look malnourished so I think it was that turning point where you it starts to stop being praised and your friends start to know what's going on and my friends could my friends knew and I was less open about how bad of a place I was in because at first you're in denial like you don't want to Admit it's unhealthy what you're doing because then someone's going to make you stop or make you change and you don't want to because your eating disorder wants you to restrict and lose weight or maintain being a tiny weight um, or stay really lean or whatever it is. But yeah, so I, I definitely think because my friends... Mm-hmm were there through that whole process of me being healthy then me getting lean and getting praise and then it's starting to be obvious that it was not healthy and it was spiraling so I was able to have those conversations with my friends who were there through the whole process but obviously eating disorders manifest so differently for different people like people are healthy sizes and healthy physically and can still be health unhealthy mentally and have an eating disorder and that's when I think it's so helpful to tell someone the thoughts you have and the place that you're in and it will help you Honestly, talking about it, opening up, being honest, speaking up about it is the first step to recovery. Even being honest to yourself, because you can't recover and get to a better place mentally and for most people as well physically if you have both, um, you know, like anorexia traits of an eating disorder. But you can be an eating disorder. You can be an eating disorder. You can have an eating disorder that is a different type of eating disorder which I've learned throughout the last couple of years um researching and not even I don't want to call it research but looking more into this space um you like opening up and talking to someone about it is one of the first ways to start to get better so how do you reach out to friends for support I would say tell them message them tell them in person literally ask your closest friend or whoever you trust whoever you want to know say to them i i kind of am going through you know you might start with a text tell them you're going through stuff right now and you just really want to let them know about it because they're your closest friend and maybe say can we please meet up for a coffee or just for a walk or can we just meet up to talk about it um and you know who you trust and your friends should be some somebody who can support you and help you and you can talk to about it um as as long as they don't get triggered themselves but I guess it's also a good way for if someone's listening to this or watching this and thinking I literally don't have someone I can tell about that or my friends wouldn't care that like you need to reassess your circle of friends because friends should be someone who can support you throughout throughout it and like now like even though I'm I'm in such a better place my friends are helping me with like fear foods like (laughs) last night I went out to dinner with two friends and it's just so helpful to not do it on your own and to tell them like I'm I literally said like I'm quite stressed and anxious about this and it makes you feel so much better because when you're with good people they said like I'm excited like it's fine like look nothing's happened and after dinner we went to Italian bowl (laughs) after dinner both my friends got an ice cream and in the last five years or more every time I was out with friends and we got dinner and they got ice cream after I was always that person that never had ice cream I would never buy the ice cream after and I did yesterday and it was literally I'm not gonna lie it was scary I felt really like stressed to do it but I did it I got like the baby scoop and it was nice and I felt A lot of thoughts but I at the same time felt really emotional because I was like I can't believe I've done this like I'm kind of proud of myself like it's been years and years and years and I could never have done it's like it was terrifying for me to do I was so health perfectionist and disordered that I would never have done that it was never something I would have been able to do or wanted to do um and my friends were like I'm proud and they also said see like nothing's happened it's fine um and yeah, so it's really supportive. I've, I've literally gone on this question for so long. I'm so sorry. But yeah, it's, it's so great having good friends. And they also just didn't make a big deal about it. So anyway, the next question is, when is your first 3,000 steeplechase gonna be? So obviously I talked about moving up in distance um, and training for the 3,000 meter steeplechase. So I did a couple of months of training. I'm just gonna try to keep this brief because basically long story short, before I started with my treatment, it was around the same time I started with my treatment team that I started training for 3000m steeplechase. I, I was basically fed up of my speed not being there and I thought I'm just going to train really hard and get fit at a distance event. I started to get really fatigued and I was flat and lethargic and just not running how I wanted to be running. And... I forget exactly how it happened, but I basically just had that conversation with my treatment team, with my coach, and my dietitian, and my exercise physiologist. And we all agreed, and that everyone just said, Look, you can't skip getting better and like avoid getting to a healthy weight, avoid getting a period back, skip all of that, and you know, go around to like go around it and start a distance event instead because you need it to be good at any event, to be healthy at any event. So instead of being like, oh, I'm not running well at 400s anymore, I'm just going to skip that, go to a distance event. It didn't work. It didn't work. I had to realize that, and it took me doing it and trialing this to realize it, that I, well, excuse me, (laughs) I had to get healthy first. So I decided to YOLO it. (laughs) I decided to stop and focus on my health and general athleticism and just train and get healthy and get strong and get fit and see how I'm running and then, and then see whatever event I'm going to run well in. So basically, I plan on being strong and healthy and competing well next season, but I honestly don't know what event. And if I'm going to be completely honest, now that I'm really committed to properly recovering I'm hoping that with proper recovery, I can be strong enough and to be good enough at the event I love the most, which is like 400m hurdles. So, so we don't know what's going on with that. Right now I'm focusing on my health and general athleticism and with recovery, it's already improving finally. Basically I wasn't improving and running how I wanted to for the amount of effort and training I put in for my previous ability at athletics I wasn't doing that without having recovery as in when I say recovery I mean getting a period back fixing my bone health getting my energy back all of the things that you need to do after going through anorexia and an ongoing eating disorder I never had fully healed to just decide to be an elite athlete like it doesn't work like that and as much as I wanted it to work like that it doesn't so So I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be. And we'll just have to stay tuned with this one, okay? I'm not going to, like, put too much out there because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to try my best with everything I do and hope that or wait until next season. I can do, like, a racing vlog, hopefully, and it's hopefully going to be all good stuff. (laughs) Okay. I don't like when my computer decides to, like, time out when I'm mid-podcasting because I'm get scared it's going to stop. Hello? Okay, it's still going. She's okay. All right. Okay. Okay. This one's not a question, but I'm just gonna address it because I appreciate it. I've watched you since I was 16, and now I'm turning 20. So thank. No question, just thankful. I guess. That's four years. That is like props. Thank you so much. Someone said lunch ideas. Okay, so honestly, any meal. It's always great to have a good source of carb, protein, fats. And whatever combo you want. A carb source could be bread, pasta, rice, quinoa. Rice, did I say that? <laughs> any carb source. Protein source could be any protein source. Oh, wrap. You could have protein source could be fish, falafel, beans, chicken, eggs. And then healthy fats could be avocado, olive oil, nuts. And then of course, fill up with micronutrients, not fill up, but zhuzh up. <laughs> Make sure your meal has lots of micronutrients too. Oh, another carb, sweet potato, normal potato. Micronutrients, veggies, vitamins, that's where you get vitamins and your minerals. So honestly, any combination of, of those is how to build a meal. Some lunches that I love, um, honestly, I, I take leftovers quite a bit. So I'll just pack some brown rice with some um veggies and whatever chicken falafel tofu fuck I love, to love tofu um random combo that is slaps some random combos that slaps are um hummus with a boiled egg brown rice and peas really basic but slaps really random um falafel wraps always weapon yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Check out my at Whole wholefoodgram Instagram for lots of um, different lunch ideas. Okay. Have you considered studying medicine? I absolutely have not. Like I was in, as in, I don't want to. Never has that interested me, um, particularly because of the huge, huge, huge commitment to studying. Because obviously I'm not even just talking about the hours and the content. That's something that I already do, will put into anything I have to do, but the amount of years to be... I'm pretty sure the shortest amount of time you could study a medical degree is about seven years, but most of them are much longer. And I I just stress too much and I just want to start working. Like I'm so done with studying, but also I feel like you have to be so set and so committed and so passionate about doing that to like put in half your life into studying for it to get there. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's not. Like as much as I think it would be great to, save lives like I always thought it'd be cool to be a midwife and bring life into the world and I always thought it'd be cool to be a paramedic but I I also know it'd be so traumatic but no no (laughs) are you thinking about doing a master's course at uni I was but I really don't want to anymore so I always was so unsure throughout my degree I studied exercise sports science that I don't know where I want to go with this but I know there's heaps of paths I could go to and I considered so many things I was like what do I do after uni what do I do I don't know what to do And now I know there's so many more things that I can do that aren't related to studying more, but I had thought throughout my degree of either doing like masters in dietetics, nutrition and dietetics and being a dietitian or doing like teaching. And I'm honestly like kind of vibing what I do now that I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm so done with uni. I do not want to do a masters for multiple reasons. One, it's so expensive. A masters in dietetics is like in the like <laughs> more than six figures no it's like six figures it's a lot to do a master's um, and it's also a huge commitment like most of its prac and placement it's basically like working full-time for a year or two for free and I'm just like no I'm just done <laughs> um, and then another thing is like because it's such a commitment Oh, I'm so done with studying, like the anxiety and st- No, 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 no. But it's such a commitment. I feel like you have to be like, so like, yes, this is really what I want to do that you are willing to do what it takes to get there. And fun fact, the reason I'm doing electives outside of my degree for my electives, I'm doing electives in chemistry, biochemistry and molecular biology this year in my last year of uni is because I will have satisfied the requirements to be eligible to study a master's in nutrition and dietetics which is quite a difficult degree um so I did plan to be able to do that one day and I've kind of realized throughout the year that I don't think I do but in saying that maybe one day I might want to go back and do that I highly doubt it though so I'm not thinking of doing it at this stage but the option will be there if I want to in the future which I don't think I will anyway Someone said, did you go on anxiety? Did you go on anti-anxiety meds in the end? Also, you're such an inspiration. Thank you. And um, I didn't. So I did do a post um, asking about anxiety medication because it was something I discussed with my psychologist, um, who is my psychologist as part of the treatment team I started with, because I do struggle with anxiety, which is something I've struggled with. And I know everyone gets anxiety, yes, it's a normal human trait, but when you struggle with anxiety, it's obviously when it's it's um more it's debilitating and it's more consuming than everyday normal anxiety. And I don't always struggle with it in that over consuming way. Over consuming in that consuming way. I don't always have it in that debilitating way, but I do go through phases where I do and it takes out of my physical and my mental and my health. Um I ended up not going on the anxiety meds. So I just really worked on um, trying to reduce my anxiety through things I can just do myself. And I'm not saying that I, you, you can in every situation. And I, I did get, I, with the post I put about that, I got so many messages, both good and bad. So there was such a mixed response. Lots of people said anti anxiety medicine literally has helped them so much and improved their mental well-being and their life in so many ways but I also got a lot of messages that said it was really the side effects really affected them especially fatigue and just like yeah just like not feeling healthy Um, but it was definitely mixed reviews so there was definitely both good and bad and I guess it depends what medication you're on and on each different person but I didn't end up going on it myself someone asked what can you do if you don't get your desired ATAR well there's lots of different options it depends what you want to do so if you didn't get a desired ATAR to get into a specific degree that you really want to do I think there's other pathways you can do like doing another degree then getting into your other degree which obviously is such a commitment and it's a long route around but you got to do what you got to do if that's what you want to do but if you don't need your mark then yeah, it, look, that question is very specific. I need more, like, context. Like, is it because you didn't get your desired ATAR for a specific degree or, or you know? Someone said, how do you get out of a rut? I think, okay, you know that quote that's, like, if you can't expect things to change if you're doing the same thing, you have to start doing things differently. You Yeah, um, getting out of your comfort zone and just, like, sending it and no one's going <laughs> to... That was such a bad advice. Just send it. That's how you get out of a rut. Um, I guess for me, whenever I'm in a rut, I something that really helps me is quotes. I know that's so lame, but you know those quotes that are like, stop expecting your life to change and doing the same things every day. Just doing something different and and doing something out of your comfort zone. So I'll give you an example. If I'm in a rut with not eating enough and I'm just like used to it and I know I... Um, haven't been getting like if I haven't got my period back and I'm trying to I'm hoping I get it back but I'm in a rut I'm doing the same things doing something that makes me uncomfortable like getting up and deciding to eat an extra you know whatever it is and just doing something that is breaking that food habit I know this is very specific example you just have to act basically so what is the thing you're in a rut with is it not going to the gym then go to the gym today go on that run you just have to do it write it down write a plan of your day and non-negotiable you don't have the choice of don't procrastinate you just do it if you're in a rut with not studying set up a time in the week like scheduling and planning is important and helpful with all of that stuff too one question says how many fear foods have you now challenged and I I'm glad someone asked this because I think this is important to address. I have not counted and I will not count and I'm not going to count. And I think that's so helpful that I don't count because for me, like that also brings stress of like that ED voice is like, oh my gosh, you've had X, Y, that many foods that are like you consider bad. That's so bad. You know what I mean? It's all about balance and like making your life balance, changing that disordered pattern and belief around food so that, you know, you like, you know how people say that's 80-20 rule, 80% of foods are whole foods, 20% they have balanced foods. I don't follow that rule or anything, but I guess like I've been used to having 110% foods, whole, whole foods, and no soul foods, funny ears, <laughs> because, you know, it's not necessarily a soul food, it still offers you some sort of nutrition, and maybe your favorite foods are foods that are whole foods, but, um, I guess I still have like 90% whole foods but just incorporating every now and then those fear foods is it's I feel like it's just important not to be counting them because it's that's part of it it's trying to make it a balanced lifestyle not numbers and you're trying to get rid of the whole fear and numbers and um, obsessiveness around food so I haven't been counting I just try and incorporate it a few times in the week. Um, some weeks it doesn't happen. Some weeks it might be once in a week, some weeks it might be more like this weekend was more. Um, and yeah, that's great. Go me. Um, yeah. So to the answer to that, the answer to that question is I honestly, I don't know. Okay. Someone asked how am I dealing with PCOS physically and mentally? I don't have PCOS. I thought I'd just bring this up in case someone else thinks this. Um, The reason I have lost a period um was through disordered eating restrictive eating um sometimes it wasn't even restrictive like it just was in a deficit um I wasn't actively restricting I just was used to not eating enough and I have a very big energy expenditure so it's easy for me not to eat enough um and I lost my period from that um I was diagnosed with anorexia when I when I was at my worst and that's why I lost my period and I did get some I have had ultrasounds to see my ovaries and all of that jazz and I don't have PCOS um but for someone who is dealing with PCOS oh I don't know if I can answer this question because I don't have PCOS I guess like working with a team that people you can trust maybe a psychologist if it is something that causes a lot of um distress for you as well um and then a health team can help with like a, a dietitian or whoever it may be an exercise physiologist might help with any other symptoms or things that you have that you deal with that come with um your PCOS. someone asked are you at the happiest you've ever been right now no definitely not um but i'm doing like i'm really happy but it's not the happiest i've ever been um advice for people new to fitness um it honestly depends okay Okay, if you're just general, in general, I would say find something you love and enjoy it. Create a routine. So, you know, don't just, you know, start fitness and get into it and train so much one week and then you fall out of a routine and you don't do it the next week. Make it sustainable and enjoyable. Create habits like if you work out on certain days in the week, make those your training days. Make sure you have a rest day. Find recipes that you love find forms of training that you love, make sure you do your recovery, find training partners and like environments you can train in that are social and that, you know, you have someone to do it with because that helps not even with accountability but with enjoying it and with pushing yourself and you know, like for example, I started, um, okay, so I have my training partners and it makes it a family for when I do athletics but I also started jumping in my classes at the gym where I work like just the cardio classes for extra cross training and it's so much fun because it's such a social environment that I want to go like in the past on a Saturday morning I wouldn't want to get up early and train I want to have a sleep in I'm tired but now I'm like I want to train because it's so much fun more than I want to get sleep and I like my sleep so (laughs) find the love for it honestly okay someone says letting go of your AD's identity slash being the skinniest. I'm guessing this means like, how, how do you do that? Or like, how do you deal with that? So for, okay, how do you deal with that? It's hard. It's hard. It doesn't just happen by deciding to, or telling yourself, no, I'm letting go of it. Like it, it's, it's hard, but I would say it's all with recovery. Like it takes time before that becomes something you can do. I think when I feel bad about that or where it's like a stressful moment for me I just have to continuously remind myself why I'm doing this and why life is so much better um and like I remind myself like is being the skinniest person the most important thing to you do you you really value that is that who you want to be or do you want to be the best person you can be do you want to be the strongest person you can be do you want to see what you can do in life what you can get out of life when you're actually living and thriving and happy and healthy and I do so it it takes so much time it takes journaling it takes sorry that was sounded the most that was oh I hated that I hated that I said it takes journaling but it it does I have the amount of times lately I've like made uncomfortable journal entries where I let myself like really write about how I felt about things it takes breakdowns it takes feeling really bad some days but acting on whatever it is you need to act on I have been working with a treatment team and talking to my psychologist about it, talking to, honestly, sometimes the best psychologists at conversations with someone you love, a friend, a parent, a coach, someone you trust. They're sometimes the best psychology sessions. Um, and focusing, being really focused on why you're doing this. And sometimes you just do it, you feel crap about it, but then as you recover, you're like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Life is actually really good. Um, but it, it takes time. It takes work and it's hard. Um, okay. So the same person also says being okay with sitting still. Um, okay. That's a really confusing question for me because I guess it's something I still need to work on. And because like sometimes because I train a lot, like I, I, maybe I feel fine with sitting still because I know I, and recovering from training and resting, and I guess it's it's just going to be the same thing as being okay with eating more and gaining weight. It's just that same mindset and reminding yourself why you need to rest, what the purpose is, being knowing that sitting still means you'll get the energy to go and be better at whatever you train uh, do. I know I know not everyone recovering from anorexia or or why whatever their reason for needing to. Um, Reduce activity is it might not be the same as getting better at a sport but remembering there is a purpose for it what is the outcome why are you doing that there's a reason and remind yourself like how much you want to get to that end goal how good it's going to feel um you're happy where you are in your ad recovery question mark i'm going to say yes it's definitely been a good three weeks so i'm going to say yes how did you you help manage your anxiety Oh, this one's hard. It has taken a lot of time. But I think... um, I think... Like, I didn't change too much. Like, this year, I did do a few things compared to last year, which was, like, reducing my uni load and workload. But in saying that, I still found, found myself getting so anxious because even if I reduce my workload, then I start to put in more effort into other things and always find something to do. I always find something to stress about. But definitely... And it's not just like deciding again, it's about like really always bringing your mind back to your purpose and your reasons. So always reminding myself about the bigger picture and trying to remind myself, I actually want to just enjoy life and be happy and life is short and trying to take the pressure off myself and, and realize, yes, I want to do well at uni, but it's also not the end of the world. Like all I can do is my best. I'm going to try my hardest to take the pressure off myself and just enjoy what I'm doing. And it, yeah, it's just the whole mindset of, the, of it and talking to people about it and realizing it's you don't need to be worked up so much about everything and acting on it. And it feels, again, it's not always going to feel good for a while, but eventually you start to be more happy and more present and more relaxed with life um someone asks daily phone use I don't check my hours and stuff on my phone but I would say some days it's quite a lot I do a lot of work on my phone like for example even for okay so work like social media work to edit stuff like a reel on Instagram it takes a while um I, I can't even respond to all my DMs but it takes a while to get through messages I'm contacting clients um even for like PT, we get classes, like class structures and videos and how to run those classes sent to watch and um, read through each week. So there's a lot of things I use my phone for and I'm going to guess it's quite a lot. But besides Instagram, I don't really do free time stuff on my phone at all. Um, and I try not to like go down the rabbit hole of scrolling as well. Someone said, are you still planning to visit Japan? Oh, if you guys know me and Kiara had a Japan trip booked in 2020. We booked it in January of 2020 and then like two months later obviously the world went into lockdown so that didn't happen but I definitely saw my buck list to do one day. It's just obviously life gets in the way. <laughs> um, Someone said would you get a boob job? I have no idea where this question has come from because like I've never I've never like gone there but I absolutely would not get a boob job for multiple reasons. First of all I don't like chemi- um, I don't like altering my body, especially surgically. I'm a big I'm a big uh, believer. I'm passionate about loving and appreciating your body, or whatever it, it, it is naturally. Um I'm nothing against people who want to change it. Um but I I do like I, I know <laughs> I know I'm talk about struggling with body image um and that's a big part of my ED, but I do like my body how it is naturally. And I'm not, I don't like the look of fake boobs. I also have seen some like health complications as a result. Like that terrifies me. There are some people at my gym who can't do certain things. Like they can't bench press heavy. They can't do push-ups heavy. Heavy? They can't do push-ups because it aggravates their chest. Um, and they feel it because they have had a boob job. And there's like implants in there. And there's, yeah, fire out. That scares me. Oh, absolutely not. There's no way. There's no way. I wouldn't choose to get surgery for a non-health reason and I don't have anything against people who do but I could not or like even like people who get lip fillers I would not choose to get an injection for a beauty procedure like I hate getting needles like (laughs) unless it's for a health thing I ain't doing that especially on your face like props I guess (laughs) Okay, someone said, I lost my passion slightly for my sports since I developed my A D and was not allowed to play advice. Honestly, it's hard to have passion about anything and be in life when you have an A D because your brain is malnourished and you're disordered, you're struggling with a mental health illness. And I totally relate to this. It's a really, really bad place to be in. Like you lose so much passion for life and purpose and your soul almost. Um, so I think use this as advice um, as, as motivation to recover because your soul and your passion for life and for your sport will come back with recovery. Recover and then and then you will get your passion back. And if you don't, your passion for life comes back and for other things that. Uh, awesome in life you know like it might not be for your specific sport it might be for another sport it might be for something else but I'm sure it will come back and you remember why you started like look back on why you love that sport write write down things like write memories down look through old photos look through old race videos or if your sport's not individual like just old team photos and you remember I wrote I have some diaries after I wrote after races that I loved and I read them sometimes and it reminds me why I love my sport so much write down a letter to yourself of why you love your sport write a letter to your younger self someone asks, what am I studying at uni I swear I answer this like every day so I do a bachelor I'm getting an eye twitch right now I was about to ignore it but then I realize I'm also filming um so whoever's watching this on YouTube if you're listening to this on the podcast my eye is twitching anyway so I do a bachelor of exercise and sports science at Sydney uni and I have Four electives left, which I'm doing outside of my um, degree, outside of my normal unit of study selections. I'm doing um, chemistry, molecular biology, and biochem. Someone said started exercising this month, got period ten days early. Is it fine? Um, Look, this is such an individual question. I'm not a hormone hormone specialist, um, and I don't get a period, so I really don't know. And I think ten days. I don't know. Like I never had a regular regular period but I feel like, I don't know, your, your body fluctuates so much. So I, I, I'm going to have to say I can't answer this question because it's going to be really like, yeah, unprofessional. <laughs> Someone said, how are you studying for chem at uni? Oh, I don't want to talk about this, but I am doing q so I kind of have to answer it. Um, I Okay, so I make sure I do all my lectures. I do all the questions after the lectures. Um, I stay on top of all the homework sheets. I do additional optional homework sheets and tutorials. And I just try and do all of that and understand what's happening and ask questions and post on the discussion board when I'm not sure exactly how to do something. And then I just like, yeah, it's really basic, but I just try to make sure I know like I'm on top of everything that's happening. Um, and I haven't had an exam, like a big exam yet. We just have our big end semester exam for chem. Like we have checkpoint quizzes and I basically the day before my checkpoint quiz, like, cause I'd been staying on top of everything. I wrote out, like, I spent like six hours writing out summary notes from each week I didn't do good in that checkpoint quiz. Really angry about that. But anyway, Um, someone said, do you think you use exercise as a crutch when upping your intake? Okay, this same person has lots of questions. So let's just quickly run through them. I think definitely in the past and I don't say like exercise as a crutch because obviously my sport is so important to me and I don't see it as exercise. I see it as training for a purpose. But when I was in the worst place, I definitely, definitely used exercise as a crutch, I guess, if you want to call it that where I would be trying to get extra movement in because and it wasn't even when I was upping my intake sometimes I wasn't and I was feeling the need to do so much and flog myself um which is so unhealthy and I'm definitely like not for that um someone said do you think you do too much exercise to get your period back steps and running yes and no like I think I can get a period back still training and I think it is important to reduce training but I do I am someone who promotes going off feel so if you feel great and energetic you have the energy to train but in saying that you need to be careful and eat more to compensate so with I am working with my sports dietitian and I did reduce sessions for a few weeks but the last few weeks have been quite heavy training wise because I felt so good and she said you can get a period back if you're doing the right things and getting to the right place for your body but it's just going to be a longer process if you're training as much as you are so she does want me to do like maximum of four to five sessions a week rather than like seven-ish um not and then the hard thing is with steps because like even if I'm not if it's a rest day or even if it's not necessarily training I'm very active like my job sometimes I'm on my feet for five hours and I get 5,000 steps in that first shift of the day um so uh, yeah I'm the thing that I have to do is try and compensate by eating more. But I am trying to like reduce training until like I did stop doing as many sessions like until I got to like a healthier weight. So I did only do four or five sessions a week, including two gym, which aren't too strenuous. Like it's not like it's heavy lifting, but it's not calorie expenditure. It's not getting your heart rate up um, until I did get to a healthier weight. Um, And then I felt better and I felt like I could do more. But I am. I actually am doing reduced normal volume for myself until I do feel like I can, and I do actually feel like I can. But until I know, it's not going to compensate, um, like recovery with a period and stuff. How do you deal with your body changing during recovery? I'm gonna say, um, listen to my body image podcast episode that I actually filmed like two days ago. I recorded. Sorry, um, because yeah, this this Q and A vid and Ep is gonna get very long. Um, some of these questions are very, um, are very like they, they need a whole episode to themselves. Okay, someone said, what made you take the leap to actually recover? I'm struggling to choose to recover. Okay, this is something I feel like I've been going a lot into in videos lately and just talking about and the thing is, that's why I started with a treatment team because I would always try to recover and then never fully recover and I just, every time I'd want to recover, I was fed up. With so many things in life. I was fed up with dealing with an eating disorder and feeling like I was in that bad place. I was fed up with knowing that I wasn't living my life the best I could. I was fed up with not being the happiest I could, the healthiest I could. And most of all, I get fed up with the fact that I want to be where I was when I was running at an elite level. I want to be healthy and and an elite athlete again. And you can't do that when you're struggling from an eating disorder. Well, I can't. Some people have, but I can't. I was fed up with life not being life like not living not being present not making the most of life and that really pushed me to just be like enough's enough I was fed up and with being in that mental mentally distressed place and um, I think that's what made me take the actual leap was missing out on nationals another year watching the live stream feeling so lost and knowing I don't want to feel like that anymore and I don't want to be watching the live stream next year again um, and that I know life can be so much better so that was I guess what made me really just act on it and decide that something's good to give okay someone said I get really nervous about body fat can you explain all your sciencey facts please I feel like that's deserving of its own podcast episode but really briefly I guess like you humans need a certain amount of bo- I I get nervous too honestly but humans need a certain amount of body fat to be healthy and functioning and having a healthy amount of body fat doesn't mean you won't be strong and athletic and lean like it's not all just you don't have to have an unhealthy amount of body fat you just need enough for your body and the mantra that's been helping me so much lately is I just need to be healthy and whatever my body looks like it's going to look like whatever my body will look like what it needs to look like I just need to be healthy so yeah and yeah I feel like that needs its own that needs its own episode how often do you and your twin talk honestly (laughs) we just like dm each other sometimes but it's not very often because like time zones but also we're just both so busy like I don't really talk to people online much like I just don't have the time to be just like texting on my phone um but sometimes we'll just be like sending each other memes and then like sometimes we'll randomly have a convo and it's yeah it's quite irregular but Luckily, luckily for social media, we actually are able to contact and talk. Okay. Someone says, what is an unexpected benefit of recovery? One that surprised you? I love this question. Most of them have been expected. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess an unexpected one is being more like present and fun and enjoying work. Like being at work and being like having a great time and also just like becoming more sorry, this is a TMI, but becoming more, like, interested in, like, like, boys again, or, like, if, if whatever um, your orientation is, becoming more interested in that stuff again, and even just socializing in general, like, not necessarily, like, romantically, which, like... <laughs> watching Bridgerton or like Vampire Diaries and being like, wow, damn, they're hot, rather than just being like empty, if that makes sense. Like watching Vampire Diaries and being like, fuck, Damon Salvatore, damn boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is such a TMI answer, but like <laughs> keeping it real. And it's a great benefit of recovery. Like, oh, and another one um, is being more spontaneous. Like this morning. My brother was over and I had been editing in bed like all morning because it's like mid sem break at uni. So far out my eye. My eye twitches are going off the chops right now. Um, my brother was over with my dad. He's like, he's my dad's youngest kid, my youngest out of the brothers, but he's like, I don't know, like 16 years older than me. Anyway. Um, and then they were like, let's go to the coffee shop and get coffee together. Do you want to come in me? And I was kind of just like okay in the past and I was reflecting on myself while doing that I was like wow in the past I'd have been like what no like I have a to-do list I don't want to um you know like my to-do list will be all thrown out of whack I have too much to get done I was like whoa life is too like no like I need to just go and like chill um so yeah being more flexible and just like less stressed about your schedule as well okay what motivates you when you are not fully feel when when you're not feeling fully motivated um you're not always going to be motivated in life sometimes you just got to do things like discipline you just got to have discipline um but when you're not feeling motivated sometimes I guess going back on why you do things and reminding yourself what your purpose is what you want and just like focusing on that I think would help Someone asked, "Are you casting for modeling or acting?" So I have posted a few times going to castings. It's for modeling. I have a modeling agency, and then I also do um some freelance stuff. So I've never done a ca- acting casting before I don't think, but I've done a few modeling castings. I had one for Pantene once that I was like literally so sure I was going to get. <laughs> I didn't, I don't know why I was so sure I was going to get it. I think I actually do know why, because I try to just be optimistic and really like believe, like trying like, I don't want to be that cringy person. That's like, I'm going to manifest. But seriously, sometimes I'm like, if I believe I'm going to do something, then it's more likely to happen than if I just write myself off. So I go into things thinking like, I am going to do this. Like I tell myself that this is my job. And then you have more confidence in your audition or you just like manifest it. No, but like you you put it out there into the universe that this is yours and then it doesn't mean it is, but it means maybe you're going to have more of the confidence or the energy that that casting director is looking for and they think that's my girl. Um, Actually, my extras agency. So if you guys have been following for a long time, you know, I used to be the the waitress on Home and Away. (laughs) That happened. What? Throwback. Anyway. So that extras agency that I was with sometimes sent me for castings. And one time they did send me, and it was like castings for like acting. I do that in bunny ears because it wasn't really acting. It was just being like an extra that was a bit less than a regular background extra. So they sent me for a casting and I often got them, but then it would end up not even being a thing. Like it would literally just be the same as being a normal extra, but you just get paid better. So like one time I was sent f- at- for this ad, it was a Bank West ad, and I was sent to a casting to be the lifeguard. Basically a girl in like the red cosy, just my red one piece. So I went and I got the casting, like I got it. And I was like, fuck yeah. I got paid for the casting as well, which is awesome because that doesn't usually happen. Wait, no, I didn't. It was paid for the fitting. Yeah, so I went for the casting. I had to improvise and like they literally put me and some other people in front of a camera and said like, just we're going to video for, for you, video you guys for a bit and pretend there's someone out. I twitch, sorry. Just pretend someone's like drowning and you're like, oh, maybe it wasn't even that. We just had to pretend. We're like looking out to the beach and say stuff. It was so awkward, but I got it anyway and then at the actual job i literally did nothing more than a normal extra like they did my makeup and everything and i was still a blur in the background but i got paid the rate of a featured extra so it was great but that's about as much acting as i've done (laughs) the amount of times i've had to like restart my camera because it only films in like 23 minute bursts stresses me out of how long this is going to be but anyway okay someone said how do you feel about taking photographs and dealing with body dysmorphia Mm, like honestly sometimes if I take photos or I'm in photos and I feel uncomfortable in my body it's not great for like recovery thoughts and but other times if you feel like you look good it is great and I know it's uh, you got to listen to that body image podcast I did because I feel like I covered it more but I think learning to love your body and wearing things that you feel comfortable in um, it's a good way to get used to and happy and love your body at its healthy size But also, just like, if you're feeling crap, don't take photos. If you feel good, do take photos. Do you know what I mean? How do you find living at home? You and your parents have such a good vibe. Thank you. I freaking love living at home. It's just me and my parents right now. And honestly, they're so chill. Like, I I have dinner myself most nights because I get home late. Like, we have totally different schedules. Um, But honestly, like, freaking love it. It's the best. I love... um, I'm close with them, I'm spending time with them, me and my mom always have DNMs. like, where would we be without each other, like, how can she rant to my dad, about my dad, to me, if I don't live at home, like, she'd be lost without me, <laughs> kidding, not really, um, and then my dad would totally be lost without me too, so, like, they totally need me, I'm kidding, I need them, like, we don't need each other, we do need each other, are you kidding, my family, but, um, like, I will, totally so my mom's cooking the most when I leave like I want to move out next year like I honestly I don't but because of commuting and traveling like that's the reason I want to leave but I love where I live and they're moving <laughs> I'm so sad about that I'm actually really salty about that but anyway I yeah it's great like I know some other people my age or like around my age or younger or older whatever who they need their own space they want to leave home because like their family are very overwhelming my family aren't like that at all like we all give each other our own space and it's the best um but we're also like there if we need each other and yeah so I'll definitely miss not living at home gonna leave I'm leaving home before the median age in Sydney these days which is literally like 27 or something but obviously living at home is also so great financially and like my mom does so much that would help be would be so stressful with balancing being a uni student while working and doing so much training like I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to be at home because it helps so much being able to not worry about paying bills or even like on Wednesdays taking the bins out like I don't know like the other like sometimes I get home late from training and I see the bins out and I think oh my gosh I'm gonna have to need when I leave have the list of all these tasks that just I don't worry about because I live at home and I help out obviously but like I think I'd be really crap with doing certain things, <laughs> like the washing. <laughs> no, like I would do it, but I'd just be like, I'd be better than my dad at it, but not my mom. Moms are just the best. And like cooking, I mean, I will make my own stuff, but like whenever I make my own stuff, I just do whatever's easy, like some microwave rice with the can of tuna. Like I'm just like a basic bitch, and I know like yeah like I'm not I'm not gonna cook a lovely meal like my mom does when I'm out of home so I'm lucky that I'm at home gourmet stuff lol (laughs) um but yeah it's like great because they give me my space so I know other friends who like I don't know like their parents are always like where are you like why aren't you at home or like where are you going like whereas like I don't know I get annoyed at my mom because I'm like did you even know I like did you wonder where I've been? Like, no, I don't actually get annoyed. I'm just kind of like, it's so good that we're so chill, but like, yeah, it's so good. Fucking love it. Anyway, someone said dealing with imposter syndrome. I don't know if you've experienced it, but I am right now. Love you. Love you too, girl. Um, I actually recently kind of said I had this in a vlog. Sometimes I I actually have had this. Like when I first started being a PT, I was kind of like, why are people asking me things? Like, um, like people I, I don't know like you just when you first start like people ask you things or like even like at training or when I'm coaching like the younger athletes will ask me things and I'm like I feel like such an imposter right now especially because I haven't run well in so long and I guess just like over time acting confident until you are confident and then backing yourself and just thinking no I am actually an expert in this area I actually can answer these questions and not feel like I'm faking it and even okay so for example with like PT when people would ask me stuff, I'd be like, I feel like such an imposter. But after a few years of like learning so much, I'm like, no, actually, I, I know a lot in this field. I, I can help you with that. And if I don't know something, when people ask me, I'm really um, confident with saying, look, I actually don't know that. Like, cause I know you can't know everything, but I will look into it. Um, and just like owning what you do know. So like when I have conversations with people about something that's exercise science related or like body composition related and I've learned a lot about that in my degree I'm like no I'm actually expert at this (laughs) so I can help with that this is my field of study this is my area um and trying to just like own it and not feel so like timid and about I don't know try uh, like you don't want to think like I know all of this stuff I, I know but like just kind of being confident when you do know something but also being I'm also someone who's very um open to learning and like I don't think it's my way or the highway I think this is what I know but I might not even be right things can change I don't know if that helped at all someone said do you like ballet what like doing it or watching it (laughs) because I've not done either I've not done ballet before and I've not watched it before so I'm going to say neutral I don't like ballet and I don't dislike ballet I have no feelings towards ballet um (laughs) someone said how much do you believe social media or people admire or people you admire have on your day-to-day life Okay, the impact that social media has and people you admire have on your life, I think it's quite powerful subconsciously. Like you might look at social media and think it's not affecting you, but subconsciously it does. So I feel like it's quite strong. So that is why it's so important to surround yourself and consume content that is uplifting and positive and unfollowing or removing yourself from things that are toxic towards you or triggering towards you okay what do you think of fitness influences as a whole um that's such a specific and random question but also not random at all I don't know like I guess it's a I don't know like it depends like some fitness influencers are so positive and they share educated information they're uplifting they really change people's lives for the better and some of them are the opposite so it just depends I guess I think that it can be a really positive space but it is also a potentially harmful space and it just needs to be it's so hard because people that haven't you know I guess got much knowledge in a certain area they don't know to take everything with a grain of salt they don't know if that if a certain influencer is promoting disordered patterns of behavior if they don't know what those patterns are they don't know if if you know a certain influencer is giving diet or fitness advice that's either uneducated or incorrect or potentially harmful if they're uneducated in that area if they don't have the knowledge so I think it'd be really good if people <laughs> you can't make a rule saying like you have to be educated or have this certain qualification to be able to do this but it would be nice if people went out of their way to do that if they were a fitness influencer you know like if you were a influencer and your niche was fitness deciding like you know what I think I should go because my followers look up to me I'm influencing other people I think I'm going to go and educate myself and get a high level of education so I'm able to give them the best quality advice that's going to impact their lives in a really positive way as I can that'd be really nice but you can't really force people to do that so I think it's basically just a a gray area there's a lot of positive uh, potential for positivity, but there's also a lot of potential for some harmful things out there. Okay. Someone said, what do you think about taking meat out of the diet? And I love your channel. Thank you for loving the channel. I appreciate that. And I think it depends on your reason for doing it. So I haven't eaten red meat in a long time and I don't think it's a bit disordered thing I've done. I honestly kind of feel uncomfortable ethically eating meat And I know I eat certain other animal products and I know this is such a controversial topic, like the ethics of food. I get lots of DMs from, you know, those hardcore vegans that are like, you're evil, why do you do that when you eat meat? And I'm kind of like, I don't know, like this is my, my kind of thinking. I'm all for vegan diets. I'm also all for not vegan diets. I'm not someone who is like a forceful view person. I totally understand the reasoning behind vegan diets. I wanted to be vegan for so long. But I also do see the evolutionary side of things. You know, the whole like like we've kind of evolved to eat meat. Like if – and I know there are people out there that will disagree. But if we couldn't process it, we – like okay for example if we eat grass we will be sick we will throw it up where our bodies have not evolved to process grass like a cow has but if we eat chicken for example our body will break it down and use the amino acids to build up protein because our bodies evolved to rely on those sources of nutrients why do vegans have to take certain this is such a controversial topic i'm like "Ah, i'm asking for hate right now If you don't eat certain things you have to take supplements because your body needs it kind of thing but i also know it's so unethical to raise a being in a horrible condition to slaughter them for yourself to eat but i don't have any problem with eating like backyard chicken eggs like we have my sister rosie has chickens in her garden they lay eggs every day what's there's nothing it's not hurtful for them to eat it And it's got nutrients that are going to be helpful fast to eat it. Um, I also, even though I couldn't kill an animal, like I could never go and kill a cow. So I'd feel so uncomfortable eating a cow. But I could go fishing. Like I could do it. I would not like it that much, but I could do it. So I don't feel bad for eating a fish. I, I feel like this is such a controversial topic. I potentially will go vegan one day because I also do see how important it is and how unethical it is to kill and eat that but maybe vegetarian because as I just said I have nothing wrong with eating eggs but there are certain things that I won't eat because it does make me feel really uncomfortable for example I'd never eat veal because it's specifically like a baby sheep I don't know what animal it is sheep cow it's specifically a baby and so is lamb I just could never do that but I don't really like red meat either and a has been shown to be a carcinogen so I guess like if you take meat out of your diet for ethical reasons there's I think that's great I don't think there's anything wrong with that but I think if you take it out of your diet because of um, an eating disorder or there's a voice in your head that's your eating disorder that says you can't eat that because that's scary and that will make you fat then that's not a good reason obviously and if it's something that causes a health issue then there's I guess you need to speak to a really good dietitian to help you with that. For example, if you have really severe anemia and not eating red meat is gonna be dangerous for your health and you might need iron infusions regularly, that's something you would need to work with a dietitian for. I actually, when I was a kid, had anemia and we found that out when my family were traveling to India and there was no, we've traveled so many places. I was very lucky as a kid and I did not appreciate it enough when I was young. But I remember when we were, I was about eight years old, we are in India and because they like worship cows, it's not, it's hard to get meat there. And we'd grown up having red meat. Like I only stopped having red meat in high school. I was passing out and throwing up and my gums were bleeding. I would wake up every day with my pillow it was brown from like dried blood from my mouth. They thought I had malaria, I remember not really knowing what it was at the time just that it was like everyone was scary and scared about it all I got really really thin and just ill and it turned out I had anemia and literally all they did was like make sure we ate red meat and I got better so it affected my health a lot then but yeah I'm on an iron supplement now um and I guess not eating red meat means I need to do that but I yeah I just I don't think there's anything wrong with it depending on the intentions basically Someone said any plans, someone said I look like Pocahontas, thank you, <laughs> and any plans to travel, she's a cartoon though, <laughs> um, no that's really nice, and any plan to travel in Europe. I've literally been to like so many countries in Europe, but I was a child for all of them, so I would definitely love to do it again as an adult, and I don't have any plans right now, but, but yeah, one day I'd love that, honestly. How good would travel vlogs be though? Life's a bit cray right now to- find the time to do everything in life but one day okay I think it's I think it's time that we wrap up okay my camera I've just replaced the battery my camera has died I've been talking and filming for way too long gosh your girl can talk I really need to really need to wrap it up so I hope you guys enjoyed this q and I hope I answered some questions that were helpful and um, yeah please leave a comment below If you are watching on the YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, go to the YouTube and leave a comment below. Um, If you guys have any more comments you'd like me to address, maybe in the whole podcast episode. And if you do want me to do more Q&As or even just have more content that you would like to see from me, please let me know because I love to... Like when I get... someone messages me me saying, please do this, most of the time I'm like, say less, say no more. And yeah, yeah. So (laughs) anyways... um, I really appreciate all the support. Thanks so much for watching or listening. Sorry, I keep looking at the podcast. Like I'm like, thanks guys. <laughs> um, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, that'll kind of make more sense. But anyway, thank you guys for following along. Um, if you did like this video, please give it a like and please subscribe to my channel. That really means a lot. And if you're listening on the podcast, share it on Instagram or follow my podcast, Instagram at Immy's Insight. Um, comment below if you do have podcast topics you would like me to address. And if you do want to like and rate and review, not like, rate and review, I think you can do that on Apple Podcasts. Um, But anyway, um, as always, thank you guys so much. And I hope you guys will join me in the next video or podcast, wherever you like to consume your content. Um, And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.